They don't understand, they don't understand I'm running with the fam, yeah, I love the fam And we gon' serve the one that's from up above And they gon' know it's us by the way we love All my brothers and sisters and all my mothers and fathers And we gon' worship the Father and we gon' drown in this water All my brothers and sisters and all my mothers and fathers And we gon' worship the Father and we gon' drown in this water Family, 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 Christ up one time for my Welcome to Reformed Dads, where all things are for dads, through dads, and to dads, as well as the aspiring husband and father. I'm your man, Dusty Marshall. I'm a Christian husband, father, hip-hop artist, and co-founder of Irregular for Christ Ministries. I have with me, as always, my man, Norm, the master's dog. Dunham, how you doing, brother? I am good, man, and good to be here. Good to be hanging out with you again and uh, glorifying God with some some good stuff for, for dads. Yes, I'm excited about the topic that we're going to get into. First, I just want to thank all the Patreon supporters out there. Thank you guys so much for supporting our show. Uh, We have a book study that we're going over right now, which is, uh, let's see, what are we going over? Reforming, no, not Reforming Marriage, Federal Husband by Douglas Wilson is the book that we're going over. Uh, And for those who are Patreon supporters, you can jump in on that book study. We'll just look into study things on being better fathers, uh, being biblical leaders of our household, and uh, it's going well. So if you want to become a Patreon supporter, support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash reformdads. We also appreciate any uh, likes, comments, shares of this show. If you think this would be edifying to others, uh, we appreciate you sharing this. So uh, yeah, go ahead and do that right now. So this week, we're going to talk about something that is controversial in our culture and in the church, but it really shouldn't be because it's pretty clear from scripture. Do you want to introduce us? Let us know what we're talking about this week, my brother. So, uh, yeah, I'll be the one that that people throw their first stones at, right? Um, We're going to talk about uh, quote unquote female pastors. Right. Because we, we put that in air quotes. You can't see my air quotes, but they're there. Because, uh, you know, like the Easter Bunny, Santa Claus, and, uh, you know, a rational leftist, uh, they don't exist. They don't exist. And they don't exist. They're, um, <clears throat> and like you said, it's, it's very clear in Scripture. I mean, Paul gives us a couple of different places. In Timothy, in Titus, he breaks down the qualifications of an elder, which is what a pastor is, is one of the elders uh, governing the the church, uh, the local church, and all the qualifications that Paul gives us are in reference to a man, right? And so this is the uh, the office of the church that God has reserved for men, yes, and, and does not allow. Paul says, "I don't allow a woman to have authority over a man," right? And you know where people loved it to go. Well, Paul said, "I," well. It's still inspired scripture. Right. It's all of scripture is God breathed is what God tells us in Timothy. Yes. All scriptures. So when Paul is saying that and he's saying, I don't allow, it's still the inspired word of God. Right. And it is, it's applicable to, uh, to pastors and those are men. Yeah. I like how you said that, uh, you know, we started off with they're not pastors. And I think we should clarify that. Um, obviously what you said in Timothy and Titus and those scriptures that say, well, who a pastor is, uh, specifically men, but it's one of those things that God defines it. God tells us who a pastor is and who a pastor isn't the qualifications for it, just like he does for who is the leader of the household and who isn't. So the question isn't, if a man or a woman is the pastor or who is pastor or who is leading the church, the truth is the men are leading the church. The men are pastors. Women may be playing that role, but by definition, they're not pastors because God has defined it. Just like homosexual marriage is not marriage because God has defined it. (laughs) Right. Words have meanings and those meanings ultimately come from God. God is the one that gives us what, you know, you, just because 
Webster's decides they can go and, and, you know, within a week of, of something being said, they can go back and, and add or take away from the definition, um, which they did with like preference, you know, uh, the, they were there during Amy Coney Barrett's, uh, confirmation hearings as she was uh, appointed to the Supreme Court, there were questions thrown at her about, you know, gay marriage and so on and sexual preference. And one of the, the senators questioning her said something about preference and said, this is what it means. And within days, Webster's had gone and changed the definition <laughs> to match what this senator had said. And mm-hmm. so it's just like, but no matter how many times Webster's changes the definition, the word of God stands firm on what God has defined it as. So, you know, man may change their definitions and man may do what they're going to do and, you know, and twist things to meet their own standard, but God's standard is still maintained. I mean, Titus two, or not Titus two, Titus one verse Six, um, verse five, this is why I left you in Crete so that you might put whatever remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I directed. If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife and his children are believers and not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination for an overseer as God's steward must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable. And he goes on. So again, that Titus and then Timothy repeats those. And it's very, very clear that God has made it, that this is what he has called men to do. And he's given women things that they can do in the church. There are many things that they can do within the body and within the home. Yes. But there are those things that God has specifically laid out. This is what men do. This is what women do. And it's the created order. It's, yes. it's God has made it that way. Yes. And I think it's important to, as we, as we speak on things on, on different uh, philosophies that are apart from scripture that have been adopted, we should maybe define a couple things. Um, there is what we call and what we're speaking on, which is egalitarianism, which is that men and women are of equal value and that their roles are the same. There's no distinction between their roles. That is the viewpoint that we're speaking on. Churches that have allowed women to become pastors have adopted that idea, that that uh, thought, that um, way of thinking. So what they're saying, they're ignoring scripture and they're saying that men and women are equal in the sight of God, which is absolutely true. But then they take it a step further and and they say there are also no distinctions in their roles, both in the family and in the church. And that is where they go off the deep end. The reason that they do this is because they think that abilities, someone's given abilities or skill set is superseding what God's word says. Because someone is maybe talented or gifted in teaching, they think that that gives them the right to say, well, this is a gift of the spirit and God is blessing it because it's gro- the, maybe the ministry is growing and therefore they begin to ignore scripture the problem that they're, what they're doing there is it's a results-based ministry and it's not according to the scriptures. There's a lot of men out there who are talented, talented teachers, talented preachers, but they're also discluded because there are clear requirements for a pastor. So it doesn't matter your giftings. If it was just based on giftings, we would have all kinds of people doing all kinds of things. But God said, like you said, above reproach, the husband of one woman, training up their families, all all of these requirements that he gives in Timothy and Titus. Well, it's very clear. It's not about gifting. It's about, do you meet these requirements 
one the main one that they begin with is the husband of one wife. So if you're a woman and you're the husband of one wife, well, then we already have a problem. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and the thing, again, so many times where culturally people want to come back and go, well, that was just for Paul's day. That was just for him. And, and, and at that point in time, and we've evolved and we have changed And But again, the reality is it, God doesn't change. Right. When God, God has laid out what he is going to do. And that's what he's going, and that's how he wants it done. I mean, we have, you know, we can look at ecclesiology, the things that should be done in the church and, you know, regulative principles and, and so on. And so, but with this, if God had intended to mean, you know, where culture and egalitarians will come and say, well, this really just means uh, a faithful spouse well, there were Greek words at the time that could have defined a faithful spouse. Right. It wasn't like Paul was ignorant of what that meant. He knew this is what God wanted written. This is what God had mandated. Um, and so this is the way it is. Right. And you can't just go, well, it was a cultural thing. Yeah, it was this. Yeah, it was that. No, this is what God has, has laid out, and that's the way he wants it to be. Exactly. Tell me how this is not culturally relevant today, because like you said, Paul used clear words, right? So 1 Timothy 2, 11 begins, Let a woman learn quietly with all submissiveness. I do not permit a woman to teach or to exercise authority over a man. Rather, she is to remain quiet. For Adam was formed first, then Eve. So how much clearer do we need to get there? That men were created first for a reason. God does everything for a reason. This is clear. It says a woman is not permitted to teach or exercise authority over a man. It doesn't say in this time to this culture it's it go it's going back to the original creation order right how god made things it doesn't matter if our culture is different today the creation order gives us our our marching orders right uh it, it, it is in the beginning how god brought things together he he shows us how we're to live our week through the creation uh, account he shows us the fall he shows us the headship, uh, and, and all of these things in the created order. And see, I think one of the problems is that we think because we're told we can't do something today, that that means we're lesser than. Right. Right. Because I can't be a preacher, I'm lesser than I'm not as valuable or because I can't be the head of my household I'm lesser than, no, we are equal in God's sight. Our right. roles are different, but ne neither of those roles, the, the authority role in the household doesn't make you better than the other. It doesn't give you more value or more importance than the other. It says, if you keep uh, reading in this scripture, uh, in verse 14, it says, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman was deceived and became a transgressor. Yet she will be saved through childbearing if they continue in faith and love and holiness with self-control. A woman is able to bear children. A that is right. something a man is not able to do. That, that is something nope. specifically for women. The seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent, right? So, so we, we see these differences in roles and because one is leadership and one is, is supportive, is a helpmate, we see less than, but it, but God didn't design it that way. Right. Right. Exactly. And it's the, like you said, the, the culture says, if I can't be exactly the same as you, then obviously you think that I'm subordinate and I am less than and and again subordinate is not a bad word 
I mean, Christ was subordinate to the Father. Right. We're you know, subordinate he's to submitted Christ. to the Father, <laughs> but yet they are they are one God. They are co-eternal. They are co-existent. Yeah. They are they are God. You know, the one being in nature, um, you know, two beings in person, but yet in that they gave the example of, you know, and so many things. I, I don't know if you've ever uh, seen the focus on the family had a, a thing that was really popular about 15, 16 years ago, the truth project. And one of the things they, they broke down was this, this triune sphere of subordination, the way that the, the Holy spirit submits to the father and the son, mm. the son submitted to the father. And in that we see that the children submit to the mother and the father and the mother submits to the father and the husband, you know, the wife submits to the, the husband. And it's, it's that same kind of uh, community that, that God, the triune God has, mm. and he passed that on to the family. And it's the church, the, you know, you have um, the, the deacons, the elders, the deacons, and then the, the church body. And there is again, a subordination kind of set up going on in there as Paul breaks down, he talks about deacons and, and so on. And God has created that. And then even in, you know, in the political sphere, uh, essentially you've got the state and the church and, and so on. And the, the, the church should never submit to the state, right? right? We should never see this kind of thing that's happening. I just, my podcast the other day was all about what's going on up in Canada where mm. you know they are essentially trying to force the church to church to submit to the state and that's not how it should be right right i mean right. the church and the state are both submitted to should be submitted to god and yes. they're essentially actually in two different spheres yes you know i mean god has given a role to the government god has given a role to the church doesn't mean that that there, neither one of them is more important than the other. It just means there are different roles. Sure. Yeah. In that. And it, so, yep. and so God, had, he does this. You see this example all throughout the created order, throughout, you know, families and, and politics and, and so on. You see this pattern that God has created and he modeled it himself. Right. Whereas we have three equal persons within one triune God in a family, we have three persons essentially equal in value in the sight of God, but with different roles and with different levels of submission to That's the good. others. That's really good. And so it's an amazing thing that God, I mean, and God does that. He like, he says, look, I'm going to give you this and I'm going to model it for you. I'm going to show you how it looks like in perfection. And then I'm going to let my spirit lead you in that to where you will learn it. And then, you know, you'll, you'll work in that and then you'll see it fully when we yes. know, get to be with him for eternity. Yes. That's really good, brother. And, and there's blessings in that order, right? God, there's blessings in that order. There's also, you know, and I think we should talk about this is, you know, a lot of these movements have grown out of men wrongly being in position and treating women incorrectly, being, being tyrants, being, um, making women feel less than a lot of this has grown out of that, but still the correction is an overcorrection, right? The, the whole feminist movement, the whole egalitarian movement, female pastors, well, what they do to, correct what has been done wrong is they subvert the word of God. They put the word of God to the side and they say, no, this is how I'm going to solve this problem. I'm going to be the, the pastor. I'm going to be the leader of the household. And then chaos ensues and destruction ensues. And then here, here's what happens, right? So they subvert the word of God, right? They're like, no, it's about spiritual gifts. It's about interpretation. We can't agree on this interpretation. So therefore I can be a pastor, but see that also leaves the door open for more interpretations of scripture that happen in the same way that bring destruction on the church, like 
homosexuality, right? Right. homosexual pastors. Now homosexuality is okay in the church because guess what? It was a cultural thing. It was yep. something culturally that happened in the past. Times have changed. And well, let's really think about the terms that they're talking about. Um, look, it, it's, it's a different culture now. Uh, there's different gifts. We want to love everyone. Jesus was loving. And then it eventually progresses to where now there's homosexual pastors in different denominations, right? It's the right. same line of thinking and reasoning uh, of interpreting scripture of saying, well, um, you know, that was that culture. Our culture is this. And it's just slowly but surely being used to bring in all of these new cultural norms that we're just adopting from our pop culture today. Right. Exactly. And, you know, it's the, uh, you can, you can always watch, you know, and I, I think it really starts with, with the gospel. It, it, it starts with the gospel. And when a church, when you see a church start to fudge on what the gospel is, you know, well, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to make people uncomfortable. So we're not going to talk about sin. We're going to talk about the mistakes that you made. And, you know, God just loves you so much. And, you know, if God had a refrigerator, he'd have your picture on it. And, he just, you know, and, yeah. and where we, we've, we've taken and we, we, I mean, we did the podcast on the hippie Jesus. And yes. we, we, we removed the, the justice aspect of God. And we go, well, God is just all love. And, and they leave out the, the fact that God is wrathful, that God is just, that God is righteous, he is holy, and they focus just on this love thing, but then they ascribe a current uh, definition, bad definition of what love is to that, and they're like, well, love is just accepting, and not just accepting, it's celebrating, and so you watch as, as those things happen, and then it is just the slippery slope that leads to women pastors that lead yes. to, uh, you know, well, homosexuality is, is not sinful. And then that leads to homosexual pastors and, you know, and it just goes on and on and on and on and on. I mean, how long is it going to be before you see these, these silly centers um, that try to call themselves churches that, are just entertainment for the goats. Oh, it's already here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's but here. before they're like, I mean, it's very soon that we're going to see transgendered. Oh, I know. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it, the, the well, I, I can't be a pastor if I'm a woman, so now I'm a man. Yes, and exactly. Now, you know, and now you have to, ex and no, it's, you know, it, it, the, the ball just keeps on rolling and rolling and rolling. And you know what's amazing about that is I was uh, probably about seven years ago, I was taking a, a class in college about worldview. It was a Christian college. And, the, and this is before, you know, homosexual mirage entered in. But my, my professor, he was like, you know, the, if this passes, the next thing that happens is that... Uh, is, is pedophilia. And I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, I, I didn't see it, but it's the way of thinking. It's the, the way of it in, interpreting scripture. It's the way of taking an approach to things, to redefining things mm -hmm. and saying, well, you know, culturally, culturally back then marriage was between man and a woman, but you know what? Times are a changing. And now marriage is between a man and a man or a woman and a woman. And then the progression from there is, well, you know, um, I was just born this way, just like, you know, apparently homosexuals are born with a homosexual gene, according to them. Um, right. But it's the tr same argument, train of thought for pedophilia, right? Well, I was just born loving children. Um, that, that is the same train of thought. It just continues down the line. It continues. If your thinking is a certain way, well, then you were just born that way. And in order for you to be happy, you have to go after that, uh, in their train of thought. So like you said, uh, transgender, homosexuality, pedophilia, all of these things. Well, you know, people are saying these things that that was just the way that they were born in order to be happy, they need to go after their feelings and 
Um, eventually, the church ends up adopting these things uh, because they want to reach the culture, and we right. see where we're at today because of it. Yeah, the seeker-sensitive church has, has paved the way for all of this. It's the, you know, I mean, when, when I think it's Bill Hybels oh, yeah. uh, yes. at Willow Creek, yep. when he decided that they were going to send out a survey to the GOATs, and go, what do you want church to look oh, like? Oh, that was uh, Rick, Rather Rick than, Warren, I think. Rick, well, Rick Warren did it, but did I, I know too. that they did it at Willow Creek. Willow okay. Creek started this whole thing okay. where they were like, they were sending out surveys to the people around going, the unchurched people going, well, what do you want? Sure. Instead of going, what does God want it to look like to reach out to these people? And then at that point, they lost their standing on, <laughs> on the firm foundation of God's word. Right. And literally just planted their feet firmly in midair right. where they have no foundation. Their, their foundation is on people's feelings, the, you know, whichever way the, the winds of change are blowing, that's right. the way they're going to go. And once you've lost your, your foundation of the word, you've lost everything. Yes. And usually it definitely, I, mean, well, I, I shouldn't say definitely, but mostly starts you see it with the with the female pastors. Yeah. And that's that's usually your your number one red flag that goes up is we're going to and I say this as a guy who once upon a time I licensed the first female pastor in the vineyard movement. <laughs> I my signed her license. Yeah. And and then kind of went back and went when God got a hold of me and started reforming me, you know, I went back to her. She actually asked me to come speak at her church on the roles of men and women. No and way. I went out there and I literally went out and said, women should not be pastors. One of you men should be stepping up to pastor this church. Wow. Nobody did. And she was all for it. I think she was really? at the point where she was like, I'm do I don't want, I, she was starting to recognize it. Okay. I think she's, she's fallen back. I mean, she's still pastoring. Okay. And, uh, but, and I mean, we still So no have a men connection. stepped up is what you're no saying. No men stepped up. No men stepped, not even her husband. I wow. mean, he, he's still, I mean, they're, it, it's one of those co-pastor thing okay. kind of things. So he was like the worship leader and stuff like that. That was his role in pastoring. She was the teaching pastor. And it's yes. like, I mean, that is like so backwards. And that's, I mean. The results based, like, like you said, it's re results based ministry as opposed to word consistent word focused ministry absolutely and here's what here's what christians do and this this is why it's so big in uh very you know pentecostal type denominations is well we we follow the spirit here yep we follow the spirit and the giftings of the spirit but here's the problem there's one god god doesn't contradict himself so regardless yeah. if, if someone has a gifting or not, that doesn't mean they're supposed to be doing something because God has clearly defined who is. So the spirit of God is not going to contradict itself, right? That is still God. That is God, part of the Godhead, right? Exactly. Equal, all equal, unchanging. God, the spirit doesn't say, because you have giftings, you should be a pastor, because he's going, the spirit is going to be consistent with the word of God. You can test the spirits and the scriptures call us to. And if yep. you can, the way that you do that is you look at the word of God. And if it's something that is inconsistent with what God's word says, well, then it's not from the spirit of God. That's how you test the spirit. So we need to be careful about gifting. We need to be careful about what we think we should be doing based on results because, hey, God's going to preserve his church. God is going to use this. God is still over his church, right? He's going to use this to remove sheep from goats, to separate wheat from chaff. Um, it's, it's going to be corrected, right? So, so we need to, to look at that. All throughout history, we can see all of these things coming up against the church, different ideologies and Arminianism and, and all of these different things. 
but God does pre- preserve his, his church, right? He, Amen. he, he will, and he does. And, you know, this is going to be used to just bring him glory at the end. So, but we need to be thinking about these things. You know, we were talking about this yesterday in my, in our Bible study, um, about how the reason that things like this continue is because men fail to speak up and speak consistently with God's word. Like you said, that, that church that you went to where you spoke at, you spoke out in truth, but the men remained silent. They, they didn't answer the calling. And I see, I was watching an interview with Joyce Meyer and her husband and the same thing was going on, right? Just, uh, well, she's gifted in this way and, you know, people are, this is the husband speaking and he was like, I just, you know, don't, don't feel called to do that. But instead of calling his wife to be consistent with the word of God, um, he's just going with handing it over. Right. Right. I'm just going to allow it to continue. Right. Right. And I mean, it's what God said in, in Genesis. And he says to the woman, your desire is going to be for your husband. And, and, and essentially it's going to be to take over his role. Your desire is going to be able, and, and husbands, you're going to want to let him do it. Right. And we see it. We see it happening. I mean, you see it with, I mean, you mentioned Joyce Meyer. You see it with Paula White. I mean, she did to the point where when her first husband, um, Reggie White, not the football player, um, wasn't kind of falling in line with what she wanted, they divorced. And then she married like a member of Journey or something, (laughs) right? You see it with Beth Moore. You see it with Jory Micah. You see it with all of these women who are trying to take that role and, and step up to be the, the leader and the husbands just abdicate. Right. They're like, they're not willing to go. This is what God's word says. This is how we're going to walk in our family. Yes. Oh, no, they're just like, you know, it's, it's like every other seeker sensitive pastor and so on. They don't want to lose their sheep. They are their goats. And so they continue to feed the goats and they don't feed the sheep. And, you know, the husbands who, who don't want to, oh, I don't want to rock the boat. So they just allow this, this falsehood to continue. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you said that because we talked about the problem of men being uh, overbearing in the past, you know, taking away rights that women should have had. But that is the other side of it is just, not doing what you're supposed to do and overcorrection always, right? Like right. It, it's, it's, it's okay. Well, I'm going to just be hands off and, uh, I'm, I'm going to just, you know, uh, I, I wonder sometimes like, because the culture that we live in, because it's very comfortable, there's not like a, you know, a world war going on right now. Christians in our nation aren't being, um, you know, imprisoned yet. Uh, I wonder, are we just weak? Are we cowards as a whole that we just don't see it? You know, would men before our generation, (laughs) uh, ever allowed things to get to where they are now, or would they have put their foot down and it's just been a progressive move towards cowardice, you know, and, and we look at conflict as being such an evil thing these days, such a thing that causes division within the church. Is that so deeply adopted within us that we don't see, um, even the cowardice within us, not speaking out about certain things or not laying down our life for certain things. Um, I, I wonder at times, like, do I just not see it for myself as well? You know, what am I, what am I handing over to my wife that I shouldn't be? What am I handing, allowing to happen in my culture, in my church that I'm not speaking up about because I love my things. I love my comfort. I love lack of conflict. Right. Right. And I, I think, 
I think it's true. I think that that there has been the slow swinging of the pendulum to, you know, from the overbearing. I mean, even when you read some of this stuff where Paul was talking about, you know, women need to learn quietly. Well, one thing was, is up to this point, women weren't even allowed to come into the, the gathering where men were being taught. So it's not like Paul is going, well, men are allowed to learn in chaos and, you know, and, and making all kinds. No, the men already knew. And so there were these instructions to women that were coming in because they did not know. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, how many times have you gone to the movie with Crystal and, you know, as the movie is going on and there's something happens and she leans over to you and go, goes, hey, what, what's going on here? Who's this guy? And, and you're like, I'm watching the same movie you are. I don't know. <laughs> but it's just that inquisitive thing. Talia yeah. does it all the time. Right. We go to movies or, or we've actually, it's actually happened in church where pastor is talking about something. And she'll lean over and ask me a question. I'll be like, well, wait, he'll probably answer that question. <laughs> yes. But, and, and so, but there was this, and it, and again, Paul makes it clear that one, you don't get to take over in the teaching and, but you need to, you know, ask your husband these questions when you get home. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> and so on. And so it was this, this whole thing of, they weren't allowed in this. There was this overbearing of men that they had taken the rights away Christ comes, he says, you know, there is no male and female. There is no this or that. In Christ, all are equal of value. Again, it doesn't diminish value, the roles. Right. But so now women are allowed in. So there has to be a level of teaching of this is the decorum of what we do. Yes. But then that slowly that pendulum has swung to the point where we are doing what God said we would do in the garden and we are literally as men abdicating. And I think one of the things as we repent and the Holy Spirit regenerates us, we start to recognize these things again. Like you're saying, you know, if it, a man who wasn't saved and wasn't concerned would never even ask the questions that you asked. Right. Right. What am I abdicating? What am I not seeing? What God show me these things? You know, whereas the rest of the world is just like, meh, you know, they allow the lie that says you don't have a uterus, you can't have an opinion on abortion. Right. Well, no, that's garbage. I mean, even in the sense that you follow after Roe v. Wade, which is literally the opinion of nine persons without a uterus among any of them. Right. Right. And so, but that's what happened is it's, it's the culture has abdicated so much and it's now time for Christian men because the church followed the culture rather than being the standard for the culture to follow. The, sure. the culture should follow the cult. The, 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 the church, and we've said it before many times, and I actually, I, it, Jeff says it on, on um, oh God. Apology or Radio? No, on your album. Oh American yeah. Holocaust. I couldn't remember the title ah. of the album. I've got it's right here. There it is. <laughs> and so, um, but in, in American Holocaust, I was listening to it the other day and I'm like, I know I knew I heard it, and I don't know why I still hear it in Luke's voice, but the 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 culture is the report card of the church. Yes. How are you doing? How are you doing? Yeah. And the church has so much of the church has just flowed with the culture right. and let the culture lead instead of being that cult that leads the culture. Right. And, yeah. And so yep. as God has re, is reforming us and regenerating us and taking those hearts of stone and replacing them with hearts of flesh and conforming us by the renewing of our mind, transforming us, not conforming. We're not conformed to the world. We're transformed by the renewing of our mind. Yeah. As God is doing that, we start to, to find an answer, ask these questions and then answer them. And we step up. I mean, yes. and you see it in a lot of the churches that are, are actively reformed. You know, you see it in Apologia, you'll see it in Refuge, you'll see it in Christ Church. And then, I mean, those are the ones I absolutely know the name of, but there's, there's, you know, tons of other ones that yeah. are unknown to the, the, you know, the, the local politic and the, the, the haters and uh, so that are out there that are doing the same thing. God is reforming and he is you know, renewing those people. So they are stepping up 
and they are stepping out into the culture and yes. they are engaging these things. They are going to, to pride events and, and preaching the gospel and yep. calling people to repentance. They are going in there, you know, starting podcasts like I did stupid things. Jory Micah says, <laughs> and, yes. uh, you know, and which she's taken a, a, a sabbatical from social media. So I haven't done any in about two and a half weeks, but we'll, we'll get back to that. You She'll be back. She, she can stay to pull oh, from. there's tons <laughs> of stupid things that Jory Micah says. But, you know, people are starting to step up and they're actually working on taking that back. Yeah. And and we just have to be encourage them to continue to do so and yes. not worry about, you know, pastors, you got to not worry about the number of butts in your seats, because if that's what you're concerned about, you are going to conform to the world. You are yeah. going to conform, you know. I Start watched business, the church that your... I pastored. <laughs> yeah, I watched the church that I pastored just shrink and shrink and shrink because I stopped feeding the goats. Yeah. You know, once I, I went through Ray Comfort School of Biblical Evangelism, um, the Living Water thing, and and it's all reformed. And I'm going, wow, I, I got to change the way I preach. I need to preach expository and I need to start, you know, doing this and I need to start stop doing that. And I need to recognize the things that got, and I just watched my church shrink. And there was that part of me that went, I don't want this to happen. But then I had to go, God, not my will, but your be done, right. yours be done. I am going to preach your word the way your word says it and let the chips fall where they where they will. Yes. And that's what has to happen is we have to stop abdicating to the world, stop conforming to the world, stop abdicating to the women that are out there that want to take authority and go, no, this is how God says it. Yes. And no matter how much you hate me and how much you want to block me, you know, and get me shadow banned on all these other social media platforms, I'm going to stand on the word of God. Yes. So the first thing, if you're in a church, where there are women pastors, what you need to do is you need to tell them to repent first, right. call them to repentance, go to them in, and tell them, point them to the word of God, call them to repentance. If they won't turn from their sin, you got to go. Red flag, red flag right there. If you're in a church, female pastors, you're in the wrong church. You got, you got to call them to repentance. They're in sin. If they're unapproachable, well, there are, obviously they're doing things wrong in the beginning, but you need to call them, point them to the word of God, give them the opportunity to turn from their sin and repent. But if they don't, you got to find a, a Bible believing church because the next thing is the, that homosexual marriage is okay. The next thing is homosexual pastors, transgender, on and on and on the same thing down the line. But what I want to do now is I want to clearly define something. We clearly define egalitarianism, which is God sees us equal in value, but roles are, are determined by gifts and abilities, not mm -hmm. as God has defined them, right? So right. egalitarianism, equal in value, which we would agree with, but differing roles in the family and in the church, is where we would differ. So there's a put together by, uh, I believe his name is, let's see if I can find his name. Uh, John Piper was one of the guys and I was just watching his stuff today. I'll have to look uh, for his name, but they came up with a term called complementarianism and they defined it as uh, being a two-point complementarianism or a two-point complementarianism. So what they believe is that men or women are equal in value, but roles differ in the home and in the church. So those are the two points, right? right? They differ in the home and in the church. Now you'll go to some places where they believe that they're one-point complementarianism uh, is where it says they're equal in value, but maybe their their roles differ in the home, or, but not in the church. That's a one point complementarianist, I guess you would call it. Um, <laughs> so that is where I would stand, uh, and that is what I believe God's word is clear on: that we are equal in value, but our roles differ in the home and in the church. And there's nothing wrong 
with having different roles. There's nothing lesser than in having different roles. But I think that's important right. to define so that when we communicate these things to people, we know where we stand. Equal in value, differing roles in church and in the home. So it's very right. clear. It, it really comes down to the difference between the biblical term of equality and the Marxist term equity. <laughs> and yes. so much where they try to, they, they try to um, intermingle these two. They try to exchange them. You know, equality means we are all of the same value in God's eyes, but, but it doesn't mean we're all going to have the same outcome. God is okay <laughs> with there being poor people. Yeah. See that through scripture because he calls us to take care of them, but he is okay with that being something that happens. He uses that for his glory as well. But when you try to uh, instill equity where everything has to be on that same very level, everything has to be, then what happens is you're always going to have to pull somebody down. Sure. And when you try to apply equity within the church, what happens is you always end up pulling God's word down, the, the authority that it has, and then ultimately you are bringing God down to the level of a man that you can replace what he has said with what you feel should be right and you're yes. elevating yourself. So it never truly elevates everybody. What it does is it brings everything around it down. That's why socialism never has worked because it never fully brings people up. And when you try to apply that to God's word and the church, you bring down the authority and the inerrancy and the sufficiency of scripture and you elevate your feelings to that same level and ultimately you are committing idolatry and you're putting yourself on the pedestal as God. Yep. And the Bible says that the heart is deceitful above all else. Who can trust Amen. it? Can't Amen. trust our feelings. We can't trust if I think I should be doing something, if I feel that I should be doing something. Well, what does God's word say about that? If right, I'm, I prayed about it and I feel real good about it. Right. Got a burning in the bosom. They oh, have a wait, burning no, in the bosom. <laughs> you know, the spirit is just really leading me to tell you that I should be doing this. Right. Oh, really? Well, we better test that spirit with this, with the word of God. Right. So I want to read something that I wrote this week. It's, okay. it's uh, called feminism. If you can't beat them, be them. There is a little bit of satire going on in this. So here we go. Mm -hmm. As I side glance at society on my way to rescue babies, I see a land where the original sin of oppression has been weaponized by natural born victims. I'll begin with the feminists who believe equality is best lived out by neglecting their calling to be the very thing they hate. One of many inconsistencies in this dog and pony show is feminist desire to be the very oppressors they claim to hate. How can the oppressed feminist get out from under the pressuring thumb of man? By being like him in every way. The new empowered woman is the one preaching from the pulpit, leading the household, and the promiscuous murderer on the run from sexual responsibility after her third abortion. Hear her roar and beat her hairless chest while she shouts her baby's decapitation. What a woman. The feminist motto must be, if you can't beat them, be them. These gender victims by birth pro proclaim their cluelessness on the issue of when life begins while they shout their abortion. They are walking contradictions crossing the intersection of ignorance and empowerment. There seems to be a correlation between the feminist power grab and the growing pile of baby body parts piling up in the dumpsters outside of Planned Parenthood. I guess feminist freedom does come with a blood sacrifice. Wow. It's powerful. Any of us who've been involved in abortion ministry know just what's going on there, that there always is going to be a blood sacrifice for freedom. The question is, whose blood is that going to be? For the Christian, it's the blood of Jesus that doesn't ever have to be shed again that was sufficient for us. But Amen. for the feminist looking for equality with men, she needs to be able to have the freedom to kill her baby. And there's a blood sacrifice there as well. 
So that's wickedness and that's evil. And that's one of the things that has um, gotten us to this point is this whole equality act, the whole egalitarian movement, feminism. Well, um, a way that a woman can be equal with a man is if she can escape her sexual responsibility as well by having the power to kill her child. The man can run away and she can just kill her baby as well and escape. So feminist movement, egalitarian movement, all leading to subverting the word of God. And these are the results. Over 60 million babies murdered in our nation and counting every day. So men, we need to step up. We need to be the voice, uh, the prophetic voice in the culture. We need to point out evil and inconsistencies in and out of the church. Um, there is authority in God's word, both in the church and outside of the church. Uh, how that authority is instituted is different. At times in the church, there's elders outside of the church. Well, the government should be the sword, God's sword of justice. Right. Unfortunately, that that is destroyed as well because what's going on? We're in God's judgment because we failed to call them back to the word of God. So let's get back to that. Amen. Amen. Any final words, my brother? No, I think you said it beautifully. I mean, <laughs> we, we need to step up. Men need to step up and get out there and, and preach God's word and exert themselves in this movement and, and call the government to wield the sword and call, uh, the woman to, to love her baby and call those who would, would shed the, be the hands that shed innocent blood to repent because they have placed themselves on a very short list of things that God hates yes. and God considers an abomination. Um, yes. So we need to be doing it. We need to be out there preaching the word. They need to be saved and they also need to be held accountable to worldly justice because there is a murder Amen. that just took place. Amen. Well, as we always say, and we end the show, surely you need guidance to wage war and victory is won through many advisors. Thanks for tuning in and God bless. I don't understand, they don't understand. I'm running with the fam, yeah, I love the fam. And we gon' start a one that's from up above. And they gon' know it's us by the way we love. All my brothers and sisters and all my mothers and fathers. And we gon' worship the Father and we gon' drown in this water. All my brothers and sisters and all my mothers and fathers. And we gon' worship the Father and we gon' drown in this water. Family, family, family. Christ up one time for my whole family. Family, family, family. Christ up one time for my whole family.